Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Hello, friends. Wish you could see Charlie sitting here right next to us, ready for Soul Talks, and he's laying in the sun, stretching out, soaking it up. And that's what we're going to do today on Soul Talks. We are talking about preventing five hidden causes of ministry burnout. Because the way burnout works is nobody thinks they're burned out until it's too late. And all of us struggle with uh, discouragement and tiredness in our ministry, our work, our life. And so we're going to be talking to you about how you can re-soul, how you can renew your life and your spirits in God's presence and in your relationships so that in the ways that you serve God, you can stay fresh and strong and joyful and fruitful. I was so excited yesterday, Bill, in my inbox to get an application to the Soul Shepherding Institute from a young pastor. He's been in ministry 13 years, and he found us by doing a search on soul care because he, he'd been in ministry long enough and suffered enough some of the hardships to know he needed to care for his soul and that if he didn't, he would burn out. And it just gave me great joy to see the way that the Lord was leading him at this time to come and to join us to resolve before he hits burnout. In today's blog, we tell the story of our friend and Soul Shepherding Associate, Pastor Ken Baugh, who says, I was burned out and I didn't even know it. This was a few years ago as he was a lead pastor of a large church here in Orange County. And uh, in this blog, we tell the story of how he hit a tipping point when he was leading a church programming meeting and says, you know, I said nothing. I had no ability to be creative. I was just locked up. And that never happened to me before. And uh, he said, I was having an anxiety attack. And the walls were just closing in on his soul with all the responsibilities he was carrying, all the work that he was doing, and some ways that he was under particular stress in his ministry context. So, One of the things that's a surprise with burnout is that we don't often recognize it in ourselves, and others see it in us before we see it. And that's kind of scary. I remember talking to a pastor's wife at a church. I was speaking in her church in a conference, and I just told her that I was praying for her and her husband and really loved their church and what I was seeing and you know, excited to be a part of it this weekend and ministry there. And she just broke down in tears and she said, my husband is so burned out. Mm-hmm. She says, it's so painful for me to sit there every Sunday and to hear him and to see that he's not the same and he doesn't know it. Yeah, us who are in leadership, whether you're a man or a woman in leadership and your your church, your place of work, you know, we uh, don't want to admit that we're uh, wearing down, that uh, we don't have the same zest that we had before, or that we're feeling discouraged. And so we tend to just keep pushing forward. And a lot of times it is our spouse uh, or a friend someone who's uh, sensitive and tuned into us that helps us to see, you know, you're, you're, you're depleted. You're, you're, you're needing to refresh and renew. Yeah. And you know, it, it's the families that see it often the first, because the marriages and the families suffer as well, not just the job or, you know, the work, but your family. In fact, um, 80% of pastor's wives wish their spouse would choose another profession. And I think it's there is a uniqueness to ministry and burnout. It's kind of like 
an athlete who's playing injured in the game and the fans don't know it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the spouse sits there and she knows she's worried about it. She can see, you know, she can see what the fans are missing. She can see the pain. Yeah. And sometimes the pastor is a woman and it's mm-hmm. the the husband or her, her friend or her brother yeah. who realizes, hey, you know, girl, you, you need to slow down here. Mm-hmm. We need to help you. Tell, tell me more. What, what are you feeling? What's going on in your, your heart? Because right. the, the work of ministry, uh, like the uh, work of family, is, is so compelling to yeah. care for our, our loved ones and to advance the, the mission that God has given us, you know, to use our gifts to serve him. It, it's such an honor. And it's so important. And so we, we throw ourselves into it, which is good. God wants us to do that. But, but we are prone to overdo that. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get burned out. And what we're specifically going to be talking about in this series is that burnout is not just overworking. That's sort of the common way that we think about it. And certainly that's a part of the picture. But we're really going to focus on five hidden causes I was going to use the word culprits, but Chrissy didn't like the word culprit. <laughs> it's got, you know, these sneaky uh, invaders and, and thieves that are, are, are after our soul. Yeah, we, well, it probably is a better word now that I hear you say it in this context. <laughs> I'm thinking because we have an enemy, mm-hmm. and that fits with that word culprit. We do have a thief that wants say to that steal the ministry. <laughs> You're going to make me say it again. Culprit. <laughs> Christy has a doctor in psychology, but... Uh, <laughs> Knowing big words like culprit is not uh, part of your trainings. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, it's fun to tease you. So, uh, yes, we're looking at the hidden culprits in burnout because nobody wants to admit it. So the, the uh, next five podcasts in this series are going to cover these. And uh, the hidden causes are distance from God, internalizing stress, self-negation, hurry sickness, and over responsibility. And so in each of these cases, there are ways that we're not caring for our soul under God, um, but, but we're not realizing it. So it's not just the, the pressures of, of ministry and work and family. Uh, it's not just uh, the responsibilities. It's not just, oh, you know, we're working too many hours. It's really the, the way that we're doing that. And so when we're doing our our work in a way that we're not tuned into God's presence and we're not uh, functionally uh, and intentionally joining in with God is doing, but, but we're trying to make things happen. We're working for the Lord rather than with the Lord. That's, that's going to really uh, start to siphon off the energy in our souls. When we're internalizing stress, you know, stress is not bad, but when we internalize it by repressing our emotions, that's where we have uh, a big problem. And just that whole area of emotions, we're going to talk about that because th- there's a, 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 a hidden source of, of intelligence and uh, relational intimacy with God and others and uh, discernment. But if we're repressing our feelings because we don't want to be needy, we don't want to be tired, we don't want to uh, feel insecure or criticized or discouraged, and so we're just trying to keep pushing forward or putting a smile on, uh, that's that's going to wear us down. So these are our sneaky culprits that uh, are siphoning off the uh, energy and presence of the Lord from our souls. So we should probably talk about some symptoms. You know, what are some symptoms of burnout? And one of them that I think is really common is this sense of compassion fatigue. It's kind of like finding yourself not being able to feel empathy or compassion for somebody who's really hurting. 
And that can be an alarming thing, especially if you're someone who that's a part of your job and a part of your ministry, part of your calling. Yeah, parents, counselors, spiritual directors, people helpers of all kinds, uh, nurses, teachers, um, and certainly pastors. You know, we're caring for people. And as we're listening to people, I mean, even preparing a sermon, you know, you, you do that with your heart and with a lot of compassion and prayer for people. And so you're, you're potentially internalizing the, you're thinking about people that you're talking to. You're doing a hospital visit uh, as a pastor or for a family member, and you're, you're absorbing the, the pain in somebody's life. And so when your uh, work schedule, uh, your ministry life is filled with caring for people, which is, is so important. But you're, as you're internalizing this, it starts to wear you down, and your, your empathy receptors start to just get overloaded, particularly if you're not taking care of your own soul mm-hmm. and getting the empathy that you That's need. That's right. Yes. So what's another symptom? Well, being dissatisfied. And, and that's another sneaky one because uh, it just kind of happens, you know, the, the boiling the frog in water. It just, it just is a little bit of time and before you uh, more and more discouraged and depressed. But we, we start to lose our joy in the Lord. We start to lose the sense of freshness of the goodness of God. And we, we lose a sense of appreciation and gratitude to God. And, you know, when you've been a Christian a while, uh, you start to learn the lessons. And so sermons don't feel new, and Bible reading feels like I already know that. And so some of the low-hanging fruit for what can encourage you in your walk with Jesus is, is not coming for you. And the way God has made us is such that, well, if we, if we will continue in a journey with Jesus and do that in community, authentic community, then we're going to be constantly learning new things about ourself through the path of our our challenges and stresses and struggles and emotions. And if we go on that journey, in, in the new book that we're writing on the Stages of Grace, we call it the inner journey. And if we take that, that journey of opening up our heart to God and to safe people, then we are continually becoming more aware of, of our needs, our brokenness, our hopes. And f- from that deepening self, as we bring that self now into prayer, into Bible reading, into our relationships, there is a newness that comes in life. But if we're shutting down our emotions and our needs, then that's where we start flatlining. And remember, Bill, in your burnout, being surprised when you called one day and I was talking to you and you said, I'm just so bored. I have tons to do. There's so much I need to be doing. I just don't have any motivation to do any of it. I'm just so bored. Yeah, I was a pastor at a mega church and uh, a psychologist uh, in private practice, and I was in a dual career situation. And for many years, I just you know loved my work, and as I was, uh, and for many reasons, helping people, serving God, and learning new things. And uh, yeah, it got old, and I I wasn't just working too many hours. I was relying on my own strength too much and not uh, tuning into the Lord's presence with me. And I just had really lost my, my passion. And uh, I wasn't reading the Bible much anymore. It, it, it felt kind of like I knew all that, and, and I would have gone stale. Yeah, it was kind of a alarm sounding for me when I heard you say that, because you're not one to get bored. Yeah. And, you know, that is one of the things in one of our favorite articles that Dallas Willard has written 
about this dissatisfaction and the temptation then to go grab at something that um, stimulates us, excites us, but isn't good for us. In fact, sometimes often it's even sinful and how that often can lead not just to, it's a symptom of burnout, but it can lead to a blowout. Yeah, that's a Soul Shepherding blog from, uh, I think, a few months ago, uh, A Cup Running Over, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and it's uh, quoting Dallas Willard and some of his story in there. Yeah. So another symptom of burnout is the sanctification gap, and that's kind of what we're getting at right here, is there gets to be this big gap between in, in our lives and being able to live out what it is that we believe and we profess and even teach, and there's this sanctification gap between who we who we are in Christ and in the righteous and holy life we're called to live and the life that we find ourselves living. And that can often manifest. And this is one of the reasons why f- others might notice it first in behavior at home, like just even losing your temper with your kids and your wife and treating them in ways that are really unrighteous and really unholy and aren't integritous to who you are. Yeah, and if you're a pastor or a Bible teacher, you're the most vulnerable to a sanctification gap. In fact, I would say that we in ministry especially can't help but have a sanctification gap. What this means is that we 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 know and understand more about life with God and discipleship to Jesus than we're able to live. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that as we are using our gifts and serving the Lord— potentially that gap just keeps widening and widening. If, if we're not taking the time and the energy to uh, apply what we're learning in the scriptures and apply what we're learning through our, our life with Jesus and community to our own self mm-hmm. and taking that journey of pe- peeling back the layers yeah. of the onion and into my areas of brokenness and need and being vulnerable with somebody. Yes. You know, if, if you're a pastor, what I want to ask you is, well, who is your pastor? Mm-hmm. If you're if you're a counselor, a spiritual director, well, who is your counselor or spiritual director? If you're any whatever your shepherding role is, however you serve the Lord, you need to think about well, who's doing that for me? Who is my caregiver, mentor, friend in this area? Who am I vulnerable with? Who do I trust? And it's so important that we have these kinds of relationships that we are are regularly uh, connecting with people and, and being vulnerable. Because if we're just vulnerable from from our pulpit or the Bible study we're leading, that is dangerous. Because then what starts happening is we're just making it all about everybody else, and we're, we're using our vulnerability to help other people, which is, is effective in speaking and in writing, but it, it is not true vulnerability. The true vulnerability happens when you step out like a little kid and you say to somebody, I need you to listen to me. I, I need this to be confidential. I, I need you to pray for me. This, this is what I'm struggling with. And you share things about yourself that... You're, you're hurting about and you're maybe embarrassed about and you don't have the answers to. And, and even if it's somebody younger than you, that's one of the problems that we have in ministry is that, you know, as we get older, as we mature in the Lord, it's, it, we feel like we need to find somebody that's farther ahead than us to care for us and to learn from. And, but it starts being there aren't as many people like that around. And so we start to feel increasingly isolated. Like, I can't, I, there's anybody for me. Well, even if it's somebody that's not as far along in the journey, it's good to be vulnerable and to ask that person to pray for you. Yeah, and it needs to be a safe person, a confidential, somebody who will extend you God's grace, but also who can help you really continue to grow and resole so that you're not just um, using this person as just a confessor, but there's no change anymore. You're just trying to relieve a guilty conscience. That's not what we're talking about. And it needs to be somebody who's not going to overreact 
and get all alarmed and, you know, think think it's such a big deal that, you know, you need to resign or something. There's there's a balance there as to who we share with in the context. Yeah. So, Christy, let's talk about how, how we're doing with living this out. So this topic today, it's not just uh, something that, well, yeah, we've, we've been through uh, burnout or compassion fatigue or stress overload, you know, years ago. And here's our story, how the Lord helped us. I mean, that's true. But these are, uh, I would say, I probably live on the edge of burnout all the time in, mm-hmm. in the sense that I, I work hard. I work, mm-hmm. I work a lot of hours. I probably yeah. work too many hours. And so I have to constantly recalibrate around Sabbath days and vacation days and unplug. And, and I, I, take, uh, I need to have in my calendar times where I'm taking an hour, two, three, uh, and I'm not, I'm not working and I'm not on email or social media and I'm going for a walk or a hike or a run with Jesus or I'm in God's word or I'm taking a nap. And I have to have these, these disciplines uh, and yes. these patterns in my life to continually recalibrate because I'm, I'm working hard and mm-hmm. I have a lot of responsibility. Yes. I have more responsibility, more stress, more pressure on me than I've ever had yes. in, my, in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet I would say that uh, while there are times that I'm certainly feeling that stress and uh, I'm needing some support and prayer and help with that, generally, I, times that I, I just need to um, really push pause and refresh. And I'm, I'm thankful that I have a number of patterns and habits in my life that that help me do that so that I'm uh, hopefully staying rejuvenated. And I think that in general, the Lord is helping me even in this season where uh, soul shepherding has grown, we, you know, we're calling it our pivot and we've got some team members that are helping us and that's really significant for us, but it's stretching us, stretching us in new areas of leadership and uh, in new responsibilities, as we're saying. And so, uh, you know, this is a, we're living into this topic today, uh, this need to resole. One of the things that's been so important to me in, preventing burnout and being alert to this in my own life is being able to acknowledge that I have needs and my needs are valid. And also I think doing this together, we often say, now we know why Jesus sent the disciples out two by two because we need each other. Mm -hmm. And there's times where you can call me into a discipline that helps me resolve because you can see we need it, but I didn't. Or there's a times where I can call you into a relational engagement for us, that's good. It's resoling a conversation, a connection that we need to draw away, to stop work, to rest, that you maybe didn't didn't feel the need for or wasn't aware of until you entered into it with me and realized, oh, I needed this. Yeah, the entering into it with me, the, uh, the empathy, the uh, stepping inside your skin, uh, you stepping inside my skin. That's what soul friends do for each other. Now, we're husband and wife, you, you know, we would love for you if, if you're married to have this kind of a soul friendship in your marriage. And it's one of the reasons why we do soul talks. Uh, however, that might not be where your marriage is at, or you might be a single person. And uh, the point here is not primarily about marriage. It's primarily about friendship. And of course, the Lord is our best friend, but he tells us to love one another. And he puts us in uh, or asks us to be in the body of Christ in, in a local church community. And so we need friendships. We need, we need a small group or uh, a prayer partner or a mentor. We need people that we're doing life with. And that is just essential for us who are in leadership and, and serving the Lord. Uh, or if you're a parent, I mean, you just can't, you can't do it alone. You need someone that you can be vulnerable with. And we just, we all need to stretch into this. And so this is, is one of the, the hidden uh, causes of 
ministry burnout that we'll be going into more depth on because it's it has to do with how we are dealing with our emotions and our needs and our struggles because if we're working too much and we're negating our emotions and our needs, that's trouble. Mm-hmm. If we're working too much and we're internalizing all this stress, that's going to be a big problem. So we have a great example in the scriptures. I want to make sure we... Uh, talk about this before we we um, sign off here so uh, this also comes out of our uh, new book we're working on in the stages of grace so just stay tuned to our, our blog and podcast and you'll hear about that it'll be coming out in early 2021 uh, so th- in the life of David there's a, a couple of scriptures you might not know about that are really the theme for this series of soul talks and really blessed us uh, Christy as we found these recently and have, have spent some time meditating and talking about them first Samuel 36 shortly before David became king of Israel his people were plundered by an enemy at Ziklag and his men were so upset with David's leadership they were talking of stoning him to death and of course greatly was uh, David was greatly scared he's distressed uh, but Samuel says and I just love this line David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. That's 1 Samuel 36. And so, when you, you know, do I know how to do that? Do I know how to strengthen myself in the Lord my God? Here's a similar example. 2 Samuel 16, 14. Uh, King David's son Absalom has rebelled. I mean, it's just a horrible time in David's life. To have your, your son commit treason, uh, it's just awful. So he's in pain, he's scared, he's depressed, he's humiliated. His kingdom is torn apart, and there's a whole group of people around Absalom that want to kill David. And uh, and so one day David's walking down a road outside a village, and a man named Shimei sees him and throws stones and dirt at David. And you know, so how does David respond in this you know three thousand years ago about in a culture of violence and um, all the power that he has as the king? He responds to Shimei's uh, curses with blessings. And uh, isn't that amazing? He's being hum- abused and humiliated, uh, and he blesses him, which is what Jesus teaches us to do. Well, let's take a, take a toll on David. And so the Bible says that after this, David refreshed himself. And the literal meaning of the word there is that he resold. We need to renew our soul. The soul is our uh, place of... of Flowing with God's life. It's the, the dimension in our being that integrates all the other dynamics of our being and that most needs to be shepherded. And so that's what we're talking about here is before you are burned out, before you're depleted or so discouraged and uh, so forth, to be in patterns of strengthening ourselves in the Lord and resouling. And I did this just to, just today which is something that, uh, you know, I often do. But I was meditating on uh, Romans uh, 8, verses 7 to 11 from the message. And I was just going through this as I was running. I wrote it down on a little piece of paper. So I'm outside in God's beauty. And I just had a whole hour, you know, in, in my workday this morning. And I'm just in God's beauty. And I'm in God's word. And I'm praying. And I'm drawing strength from uh, the, the message here. And it's just some... Just great, great wording about uh, the, uh, the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead, moving into our life and bringing us alive to himself and 
Holy Spirit lives and breathes in you, and your body is as alive as Christ, and God's Spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go, and resurrection life is in you. It's adventurously expectant, and so we can be praying, what's next, Papa? It's like little little Juliet. We have Juliet at home playing with her. Well, what's next, Papa? And she wants to do something. You know, go, let's go outside and look at the roly-poly bugs, and oh, I want to play with the frogs that jump up, and oh, let's read this book, and one thing after the next, and and uh, Paul finishes this section by saying, yeah, we've had f- some bad times, but we have an unbelievable inheritance of good times. And so that's our life in the spirit. And he's contrasting it with the life of the flesh or the life of self-reliance. And that's the key to how we resoul. So I'm just realizing, I was kind of giving a little mini sermon here. <laughs> <laughs> Preach it, Bill. It's good. It's important. Well, the Holy Spirit was preaching it to me this morning. It was encouraging, mm-hmm. so... And so if you want to follow up, you know, how do I strengthen myself in the Lord? I mean, you know how to read the Bible, but uh, we specialize in soul shepherding and giving you tools for your soul to help you uh, read the scriptures and pray the scriptures in some refreshing ways. And so some of you know, uh, we have some uh, new resources. We have Lexio Divina guides and Ignatian meditation guides and breath prayer guides. And these are three different resources. Uh, you can download them from soulshepherding.org you know, right now. And they're each uh, filled with one-page scripture meditation guides, each taking a different method of reading God's word and re-souling. Uh, refreshing your relationship with the Lord, and it's even better when you do it with a friend. And so I was thats I was doing that this morning. I was doing an informal Lectio Divina through the Romans 8 passage, and that comes from our Lectio Divina guides. We've got that in there. And I was doing a, a breath prayer uh, that's based on Galatians 5.25, and this is in our breath prayer guides. And it's just, you know, real because in this scripture, I was prompted to do this because in the scripture, it, it uh, talks about uh, the Holy Spirit living and breathing in us. And so as I, was, as I was meditating on that, I started breathing. I mean, I was already breathing. <laughs> Thankful <laughs> but, for that. But I was started breathing on purpose, like as, with a, as a prayer, breathing slowly and deeply and realizing, okay, the Holy Spirit is within me, breathing life, God's life, resurrection life, the life of Christ within me. And so uh, that was encouraging me. And because and as I found, and some of you have heard us say, when, when you do something uh, purposefully with your body to help you pray, it's really enlivening and encouraging. And so I was breathing that, that in and out. And uh, from Galatians 5.25, uh, live by the Spirit as I breathe in, as I breathe out, keep in step with the Spirit. Just live by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. Praying about these podcasts we're doing today. Uh, Lord, help me to live in your spirit and keep in step with your spirit. Breathing in, breathing out. And that's, that's from our, our breath prayer guides. Jesus, thank you that you know the state of our soul, that you're the one that frees us and protects us from these five hidden culprits and causes of burnout. You're the one that resouls us in you, regrounds us in you, nurtures us in you, and provides what we need. So we pray for each one of our listeners today that you would lead them into a resouling connection with you, that you, by your Spirit, would alert them, Lord, to any symptoms and hidden causes threatening 
their life with you, their abundance of life with you. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Amen. I wrote my book, Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke, out of my own story of burnout and anxiety. And I'm so excited for you to get a copy because I know it will really help you in your walk with Jesus and in your ministry. The Soul Shepherding Institute is the best thing we do. Imagine sitting down with Christy and me and a group of other pastors and leaders in an authentic community where we're all just seeking to grow in Christ Jesus. And together we're going to learn about spiritual formation, spiritual and psychological development, soul care ministry, and relationally healthy leadership. It's a transformational experience. And on top of this, you can earn a certificate in the Ministry of Spiritual Direction. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. For these resources and more, follow the links in the episode notes or visit us at soulshepherding.org.